everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today on our Men's Leadership Podcast. And I'm sitting here with Chris Miller. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining us today. So Chris is the morning anchor for... Channel 4, so NBC. NBC here in Nashville, yep. It's great. Now, now, how did you get that? I mean, like, how did you come to Middle Tennessee? Oh, man, it's a long story. Um, it, you know, in, in our business, just like every business out there, you're yeah. trying to climb the corporate ladder, if you will. So <laughs> uh, I've moved all around the country, started in a tiny market in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, lived in California, lived in Seattle, lived in Salt Lake City just prior to moving here, and through some series of events, here we are in Nashville. Wow. And uh, I mean, I think I've told you before, mm-hmm. my wife and I were here for CMA Fest seven years ago before our first child was born. Yeah. We were leaving and my wife was like, this could be a great place to move and raise kids. And so just through that series of events or mm-hmm. God controlling our lives and mm-hmm. at the joystick, I like to think yeah. we arrive here and yeah, I really have no idea how, but it seems to be the place we're supposed to be. Yeah. So we're happy to be here. Amen. And I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank I tell you. I've loved just getting to know you yeah, and seeing your heart. And, Thank you. And, and you, but you did sports before yeah. you jumped into like, how, how yep. was that a hard transition from the sports to... For sports uh, to news. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, in school... Um, I, you know, I, I didn't do great in high school. Yeah. I mean, if, if there was anything, football, right? I played football, I played football long. I played in a small, a small school in yeah. Washington, uh, in college. Um, so I always had that. So when there became a, an opening at a station I was working at, uh, it was in sports. Yeah. And so the guy's like, you're a jock, Chris, why don't you do sports? <laughs> and at the time I was just a reporter. I was an awful reporter, but I was news reporting just out of college, awkward on air. <laughs> and they, they gave me the opportunity to do sports and it seemed to be a more natural fit. And so sort of jumped around to some of those markets that I told you and uh, doing sports, yeah. did it in Seattle for a while. Uh, and then decided that uh, I think we could not only have a better impact in news, mm-hmm. and there were stories to be told in news that I think were more impactful, but uh, it just seemed, as far as the industry was concerned, that sports wasn't the place to be, wow. as far as local sports was concerned. So made the move to news, and it's been, uh, it's been I think, a fairly smooth transition. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are, uh, there's a need for godly men in the news broadcasting industry, mm. that's for sure. Yeah. So. Well, and you, I mean, you, obviously God has you here for a reason or purpose, but it's been awesome. I mean, you've thrived here and everybody, a lot of people know you and have seen you around and God's given you favor there, which has been really a great fit. Yeah. So, it's, it, I always tell people it's mostly a Costco, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> for some reason, yeah. everybody recognizes you at Costco. <laughs> We're filling our cart with all kinds of stuff and it feels like everybody wants to see what Chris Miller got in his cart. What is he eating at three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> so. Yeah. Change your it's sleeping kind of patterns, hasn't it? Yeah, you can learn a lot about a person in the Costco. Lens, oh, I bet you it can. certainly has changed my sleeping pattern. I've never done a morning show before, and so now I'm waking up, you know, in the two o'clock hour. I'm at work and on the air at four o'clock in the morning. Wow. So for early risers out there, you know, it's NBC Nashville. Yeah. Early mornings were on four to seven, Monday through Friday. That's my schedule. And we chose this schedule specifically because uh, in this industry, when you get to sort of the top, you're an anchorman. Yeah. So you're either an anchorman in local news. You're an anchorman in the evenings. You end up getting home at maybe 1130 at night. Oh. And you leave at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you look at your kids when they get to school age, you don't see them almost at all during wow. the week. And number one for me is my wife and kids. Number one, yeah. easy, by yeah. a landslide. Yeah. So for me, it was like, how can we use this 
job to get more time with family. And, and that was it. It was taken on the morning show where I'm sleep deprived. I usually get five or six hours a night during the week, um, make up for it on the weekends. But I get a lot of time with my kids yeah. and a lot of time with my wife. And that's what's important, especially when they're so young right mm. now. Yeah. And, and just watching you, Chris, you, you are, you're a great husband and father. How did, how did you... Elise meet. I mean, how did you guys get to know each other? And uh, y'all are from different places. Yeah, yeah, this is a funny thing to admit to your pastor, but uh, <laughs> actually, Elise and I have lived together from the moment we met. No way. And before, <laughs> before you bust me on this, let me explain. <laughs> uh, oh, so we lived in Grand Junction, Colorado. It's yeah. where I was working. I had one foot out the door. I was about to take a job in Southern California. Um, and one of our, my roommates, I was living with two girls who were also in the industry. It's sort of like Three's Company. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, was, it was just people who, we didn't make a lot of money. We needed a place to live. One girl's parents bought her this house, and she rented out two rooms to other people that worked at the station. So there's two girls, and there's me. Yeah. And they thought it was harmless and clean, and so they allowed me to live <laughs> there. there. One moved out. Elise moves in. She's the replacement for this girl. She moves in the first day. She'll tell you, it's like, what? There's a guy living here? Like, yeah. you never told me this. She had no idea. She moves in, I'm there, and I certainly realize that there's a little bit of awkwardness, especially because she didn't know. So I keep my distance and sort of slowly approach. And we ended up just being really close friends. We mm. bought a ping pong table, and that's sort of how we bonded, playing ping pong. We did a charity, uh, a charity event together, and it just sort of materialized as close friends. Mm. And as uh, the job kept coming, I think we were there about eight months, and they were still like in Southern California, like, we still want you, you could still come out. And I didn't, I just felt like this was the girl. This wow. was the one. I mean, I've had girlfriends, but I was like, I just knew. Mm. And so I asked her, I'm like, what, do you want to move out to California with me? And we did it sort of in reverse order because we were already roommates. But uh, she said yes. She said yes when I popped the question officially too. So Amen. we did that shortly after and made it official. We moved to California together. And then we've sort of just jumped around to Seattle to Salt Lake City and now here together and mm. had two beautiful kids along the way. But wow. it's crazy to tell people that. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I've never <laughs> known her as not being my roommate. Uh, <laughs> so. She's great, too. Yeah. She was in news, though, too, before. Yeah, right? yep, yep. Okay. she was a reporter, a weather broadcaster, and then she got into, um, she was, she's been a fitness model, and she's a, she's a kind of a personal trainer coach. Yeah. So she does a lot of that work. Sometimes travels a little bit, but uh, mostly taking on the mom duties, which is full-time. Full-time job. Yeah. 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 So, okay, Chris, you've done a lot of things in news. I mean, you've covered wildfires. You've covered big yep. sporting events. You've covered... What's the most exciting thing you've ever done? Um, for me, the wildfires is crazy. Wow. Like, you know, you get outfitted... You know, as if you're on the front lines, a smoke jumper jumping into the fire, you're outfitted. They give you a small tent in case the fire turns and comes. You can put this tent over you to protect yourself. Like, we're on the front lines. No way. Um, I've interviewed, you know, Mitt Romney when he was running for presidency, um, sat down with local dignitaries and everything. But what I get the most, I think, is if there's an interview with someone and maybe I, I was just expecting it to be cool but didn't quite know if I'd get a tidbit of wisdom from them, but I did. And one of them, I was really stoked, if you will, to interview yeah. Sean White. Um, you know, yeah. the, the snowboarder, snowboarder. Yeah. skateboarder. Yeah. Super excited to meet him. I grew up snowboarding in Colorado. It's where I'm from. Where I'm from. But I, I kind of thought, okay, this is just going to be a standard interview with a guy. But he gave me a piece of information that I always tell everybody and it's sort of uh, along the lines with everything my mom has taught me my whole life. Um, and so I'm interviewing him. I'm like, you've reached the epitome. Like, there's a video game after you. You've won all these gold medals. And, like, the, the video game, people can jump on there and choose to be Sean White. 
and, and act you out in a video game. And he goes, yeah, man. I'm like, well, how does that feel? And he's like, oh, that's cool and whatever. He's like, but really, like, to everybody out there, like kids, adults, he's like, don't live your life through me or through anyone sitting on a couch. He's like, get out there and do it, man. And, mm. you know, and, and, and to me, you know, he's not thinking, it wasn't snowboarding or, or you want to be a snowboarder, you want to be a water, whatever you want to do. It was like just... My mom always said, get in the game. Yeah. Like, get off the couch. Don't, life is not a spectator sport. She mm. always said it just like that. She's like, get in it. And a few weeks ago, or a couple mm. months ago, you gave a sermon, and you said, get in the game. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if my mom was here, I'm like, <laughs> straight out of my mother's mouth here. But I've always tried to live life from that perspective. Mm. And to hear someone like Sean White say it, it just sort of resonated true, and I really admired that. And yeah. it's, that's something that I've taken away. It's not just like, oh, this was a really cool interview, but this is a piece of wisdom confirmed by someone who's been super successful. Yeah. And, and you know, it just kind of sat with me, and I tell people that. I love that because I, I do think we get in a culture today where it's like we're always comparing ourselves to everybody else and yeah. we're kind of looking on, you know, Instagram or social media stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like, man, you be you. You know, yeah. God created you with unique gifts and talents. You be you and go get it. Go get the game. Yeah. yeah. It's the so, hardest thing too, right? Is. I mean, it it, you can't help it. Like yeah. with, with so much media coming at you from all yeah. angles and you're, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and how do I measure up? And I think it probably doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, maybe the, the epitome of the biggest celebrity I would imagine still is measuring themselves against someone else. Mm. And, and I just think that's kind of how we're wired or maybe it's just the influences that are in society, but... Uh, yeah, that's really what it comes down to, yeah. isn't it? It's just be you. There's certain gifts and talents yeah. that, are, that are given to us. Mm -hmm. And if we can use those, if we can be ourselves, then God can use us to the greatest potential. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that, I mean, that, <laughs> I'm working on it. That's worth it right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom's was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, tell me this. So you, you cover all the news. You're, you're seeing everything that's happening. What, yeah. are, what are you seeing kind of as trends out there or things that are happening in society or in our country or our culture yeah. uh, that are kind of trends that are impacting men, especially yeah. even out there? Um, I think everybody can acknowledge the great political divide yeah. that is in our country right now. And, and sure, if you look throughout history, there's been ebbs and flows for how deep of a rift there was and then sort of mended in difficult times, mm. whether it's 9-11 or something like that, we start coming together a little bit and then we pull apart again. And uh, that being such a great issue and it's so sensitive right now, mm -hmm. the way I communicate something about a former president versus uh, the current president and there's no bias, there's no ill will, there's no, you know, I'm trying to be completely subjective mm. every, the way I portray this. And my goal is to not let anybody on the other side of the TV have any idea what my political leanings are. Because that's not my place, right. is to give you my political opinion. Mm. It's to give you the facts and let you decide how to live your life or what decisions you have to make. And that's it. Mm. But people will see things and interpret them away. And it's just the sensitivity that we're in right now. And I think if there's something that I have gleaned from, from the news coverage every day, and that is just that we're super hyper-opinionated and sensitive right mm. now. And we all are, our way is the way, mm. and this way is the bad way. Mm. And, and it's on both sides, and it's gotten so violent. Wow. And you look at all these events, you look at Charlottesville, Virginia, you uh. look at you know some, some events that have taken place with people that are so incredibly opinionated by things. And uh, I remember my grandfather told me before he passed, he said, um, 
you will never learn anything in life by talking. You'll only learn by listening. Mm. And I'm, you know, I'm like, well, you can learn from talking that you're talking too much. Yeah. So there's one thing, <laughs> but, but, but honestly, like, I feel like that's the greatest thing maybe that that's missing, at least in my observation yeah. as a broadcast journalist, and that is we're not doing enough listening. We're doing mm. too much talking. We're, we're spouting out our beliefs and our opinions right in people's faces and running them all over because this is the way it is. Mm. Instead of, why do you feel that way? Yeah. How did you arrive at that? Because there's something in that person's past or along their journey that has made them realize that they think this is right. And usually it's very it's very reasonable. Mm -hmm. And so once you get to that reasonable perspective, it helps you sort of adjust your own perspective and realize that everybody's just trying to do the right thing, yeah. trying to survive, trying to provide for their family, trying to be successful. It's amazing, isn't it? But yeah. I do feel like there is this divide right now, yeah. you know, and everybody's just, man, yeah. And even in politics, it's just, it's just like, no, but there's not the, hey, let's look out for the best for the people. It's like, no, this is my opinion. This is what we have to do or to yeah. get reelected or whatever else. But it's how do we, you know, as men say, I want to put other people before myself. I want to serve. I want to help others. I want to, yeah. and I think, yeah, that listening part is, is so big. So yeah. how do you, I mean, as a follower of Christ, is that, is that a challenge being a news broadcaster? Is it hard to, you know, filter things or be able to speak, you know, confidently about your faith? Uh, how, how does that play out? Um, I don't think uh, being in the news industry is that different than yeah. whether you're in, you know, the business corporate world or, or whatever it is, sports industry. I don't know. But I think everybody has their struggles. And that's mm. it. That's you go to business, Chris, office, Chris, or office, whoever you are. And then are you someone different when you're in the home? Are you someone different when you're in church? Mm. And uh, this is a struggle for every guy. Mm -hmm. This is a struggle for me. This mm. is a struggle. You, you get to work and people perceive you to be a certain guy a certain way. They talk to you a certain way. And, and getting out of that and sort of living your life as a good, positive Christian role model in mm. every atmosphere you're in is hard mm. to do. Because we're so easily distractible, we want to be liked, we want to communicate, we realize a certain way of communicating with people at work might be more effective if we do it a, a certain way. And I don't mean like, you know, swearing or, or anything like right. that necessarily, but I mean, um, and maybe that's just the overlap between being aggressive or assertive um, yeah. and, and, and sort of finding that balance and, and, and remembering that uh, kindness speaks louder. And, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know what it is. It, it, it could be some guys in their work environment, um, you know, are, are swearing or something mm -hmm. like that. And, and maybe they don't do that at home or something. So I think we all struggle with this when we're hanging out with the boys or we're mm -hmm. at work. Uh, do we live the same life that would make our family proud? Mm. Uh, and I'm working on that, too. And I think it's probably just as much of a struggle for me as anyone else. They, mm. Every people perceive the media business as being opinionated and biased. Uh, I don't see it as much in local news, I think, than we can see very visibly in national news. Mm -hmm. It's very evident how a certain cable news station would would say yeah. a message versus another one. Uh, very evident. But lo local news, I still think that we are a community resource hey, good morning, you know, here's your traffic, here's yeah. your weather, he, th there's some crime going on in this neighborhood and it's happening this way, you should know about that. Here's a, you know, a consumer report, there's a recall. 
we're still trying to just help people know these are some things you need to go before you get the road today and mm -hmm. you get out there. And we're not trying to spin it anyway. I'm not, at least. Yeah. And I'm always hyper aware of how this story was written and, and especially on the political end. You, know, you don't want to mm -hmm. make it sound like you believe one thing or another. And, and sometimes some of that writing can slip through. Not that it's our producers, but whether it's NBC that wrote a story and sent it our way and they mm -hmm. want us to air it. Um, you just have to watch out for that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I love just your honesty in that, too, because I think it is every guy, you know, that, that struggle. But I do think what you said, even going back a little bit, just you be you, you know? <laughs> and if you're, if, if you're uh, a follower of Christ, you know, be consistent in that in whatever role you are, whatever place you're in. You know, if, if you're going to be like that in the home, then be like that at work, you know? Be somebody that your family would be proud of, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's a great word of wisdom. You know, because I think it is a struggle for every guy. It is. And, uh, and then there's sometimes we hide, you know, and we got to go, okay, I need to be a little bit more, you know, uh, out there about my faith. But I need to be consistent in that so um, people see me living that out. So talk about with your, with Elise. I mean, because that is a, a you, you guys have always probably had challenges with your schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're getting up early or when she was uh, an anchor or weather person as well, yeah. you know. How have you guys always maintained your balance in your marriage? Because you've got a great marriage, you <laughs> yeah, know. And we do. It's awesome. Yeah. How it's, have you done that so your marriage thrives? Um, I mean, you absolutely just have to make it a priority. Yeah. And, and, and with kids, everybody will agree <laughs> it is so hard. And yeah. you have, you know, I have young kids, so that's all I can relate to right now. Right. I haven't gone through the, the adolescent years yet. I know you're in that. Yeah, but, I'm in that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know with our young kids, at least, they're on us constantly. They have needs. Yeah. They have wants. They want you to be on the floor playing with them all the time. And, you know, our kids are super demanding and they're, there's, n there's no privacy and they're, they're always on you. But I think also communicating to them, guys, listen, and we try to be very reasonable and upfront with our kids because I think they can, I think our kids, even though they're just six and four, I think they hear us and understand us. Mm. So we really try to be open with communicating to them, like, look, mom and dad need time. If we're together and we're bonding mm. and we're, you know, we're, we're just together and we're on the same page with everything, then the whole family, the whole household is mm -hmm. happy. And that means just, if, even if we have five minutes away to talk, like mm. sometimes even that is so difficult right now. Mm. And with my schedule too, it's like the time we have together is typically the time they're taking a nap. Mm -hmm. And that's also typically when daddy takes a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's been difficult and I know it's difficult for so many families, but that is a, a very top priority. Like, yeah. You know, absolutely up here. And I talk about, you know, it's God and it's family. And then it's like, 50 other things and then the next thing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know because it's like let's make some room here because it's that much more important and i think that that's the way we got to look at everything mm -hmm. is is the things that last are are your spouse your family your yes. kids and all that i mean yes. the career can come and go and so many people they'll switch jobs a hundred times and and i like my job i like yeah. the career i'm not i'm not married to my job yeah like, if I had to do mm. something else another day, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I mean, I care. I'd be like, wow, this is some difficulty we're going to have to get through. But guess what? <laughs> we'll dust it off and get to work. I still have my wife and kids, and yes. they love me, and they support me. And so that, that's sort of how I look at it, and that's why the priority is, is so high. And I love that. I mean, it, and I think sometimes as guys, I mean, let's just be honest, uh, career can slip in and be above yeah. our wife and above our kids. And if we don't prioritize you know, God first, and then our wife, and then our kids, and then our career. We get those priorities out of order. Mm -hmm. Man, it's tough, you know, and it, it impacts your marriage. It impacts you as a dad. 
And so just prioritizing that, I think, is, is so essential, you know? And yeah. I, think you're, I think you're right on. It's just fulfilling. I mean, I yeah. feel like, to, and I've, I've always sort of looked at it that way. But I, I think there was a time, you know, before I was married and I was just mm. trying to move along as quick as possible. And there felt like a certain emptiness there. Mm. It felt like I'm putting too much focus on moving on to the next job, the next town, make more money. And, and, it, and I was going through this period of like, this isn't it. This isn't all there is. Mm. And when we're talking about your series right now, mm-hmm. Anxious for Nothing, it, it, that's part of it. I, yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, I remember even you were talking about Jennifer Aniston yeah, and, and said yeah. this and that, Justin yeah. Bieber. Yeah. And, and I read an article about Tom Hanks yeah. years ago, struggling with some stuff. It, it, the, the more you have, and that's why it's a biblical verse, <laughs> it's harder for the rich man to go through an eye of a needle because it's more difficult the more your life is complicated with wealth mm-hmm. and career and all that. And I feel like if you can strip all that away and it's hard because oh, you yeah. want your kids to be set up and you yeah. want your wife to have the car and you want the SUV and the sweet house in the suburbs I know mm-hmm. I want that too mm-hmm. but but it feels like once you start getting there it's like eh. yeah 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 and and, and and so easily we become dependent on money instead of dependent on God yeah you know we think well I want my kids to have all this stuff well, actually, I want my kids to have the Lord because, you know, yeah. I mean, all this stuff could come and go, you know, yeah. and I don't want that to become their God, you know, yeah. and so, yeah, that's, you're exactly right. So, and I think, yeah, I think it's a struggle for every guy, you know, we, 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 we have this drive, this competitiveness, <laughs> we want to be successful, we want to be, you know, seen as successful, but at the same time, it's like, no, I got to keep my priorities right. I want yeah. God to be the, at the center of my life. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, somebody else can pastor Rolling Hills. I mean, I love it. I don't want to go anywhere. But, but nobody else can be the husband to Lisa, you know, or, you know, the, the father to my kids. I mean, that's yeah. my job. You're you it. Know? That's yeah. it. You're the guy. I'm, yeah. Yep. And, and so I can't let those things get above, you know, my wife and my kids. Yeah, you man. Know? And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for all of us. So <laughs> um, talk about with your kids, you know, how do you, how do you prioritize giving them that spiritual foundational that kind of relational and emotional foundation that's going to help them you know, throughout the rest of their life. Man, I, th- I feel like uh, I-, I wish there was a recipe I could say, you know, Jeff, <laughs> this is what we do, and it works great for us. Uh, Your mom's but, wise. What did she say? My mom, yeah, <laughs> she's, uh, my mom was very... Um, she always encouraged us to go. Mm. Uh, and I had a father who was an executive for the airlines. So oh. we went. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and, went and everywhere. We've we been a lot of places. And, You've and been all over the world. Yeah. Everything. And yeah. so she, she encouraged that. And she always told us, go. You know, as part of that, don't live life on the sidelines. You've got these benefits. You've got this privilege. Like, go get out there and do it. Mm. And so I'm trying to adopt that for my kids, too. A lot of it is. Uh, and, and so I'm riding the line of, am I being too learn it, figure it out, and uh, am I not doing enough of this? Like, uh, here's mm. the rules. And so I mean, we're always struggling. Like mm. a, as a father, grandfather, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're always trying to figure out how can I best leave the most impression? And you learn who your kids are, and mm. maybe it's different for each one. Yes. And I think that's it for us. But uh, I want to cultivate a grateful heart. Mm. So sometimes I'm like, it's 9.15. I have to wake up at 2.15. I'm like, let's do it. That's five hours, man. I'm like, that's not enough sleep for dad. And so I'm like, I want to get down on my knees and pray every night with the kids. I mm-hmm. want to. I wanted that to happen. And it doesn't happen every night mm-hmm. because sometimes it's like, I got to get to bed now mm-hmm. or I'm going to be brutalized the next day. Yeah. And so 
the most important thing for me to say is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right, kids? And I, and I want it, them all to hear me. Like, take your eyes off the iPad or whatever they're doing or out of your dinner yeah. if you're eating a late dinner. Yeah. We eat late in our house. Yeah. You're like, 9.15, you're eating dinner? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Um, but, but I want them to hear me say it and to, 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 to think about it, say it too. And yes. I don't demand them say anything, but... Thank you, Jesus, all yeah. the time. That's all I have to say. If there's any prayer that's going to come off my lips and it has to be short, it's just thank you, Jesus. Like, mm. what do I not have to be thankful for? It's just like I'm over, I'm oozing blessings in my life. I mean, how, how easy we have it. And mm. you've been to Moldova mm. and your missions and mm. everything. And um, having done missions and everything too, I can't help but realize how fortunate we are mm. and how easy we have it. So I just can't thank Jesus enough. And so cultivating a grateful heart is the most important thing for me. If they miss, if I fail on some other things along the way, which I definitely will, at least, at least let's have the grateful heart. Yes. Yes. Uh, And that's so important. I mean, they've got to have that foundation and that gratitude, you know, otherwise they grow up entitled, right? And they think everybody's there for them. And Mm. Uh, and then, man, that, that just never goes well. They live a spoiled life and, and they end up miserable, you know. But, man, if you're grateful, there's a joy, there's a confidence that comes in that. Yeah. And a dependency on the Lord, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and, and I will just, I just want to compliment you because I know you're, the job's demanding, the schedule's demanding. But you and Elise, you know, you, you prioritize church, you know, and you just said, hey, guys, we're going to get up and go, and you've prioritized, you know, even community group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing community group it. this year. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't it. ever think we'd be in a community group because the schedule and everything. And uh, yeah. I mean, this was, this was it. We had to do it. It so. was a hard thing for you guys. Yeah, though. Yeah. Like, but we're going to do that. Yep. And know? we love it. We love it. It's great. And it was what was supposed to happen, yeah. you know? And yeah. we need to have that community. Yeah. And, and, and your kids need to see you doing that, yeah. saying, hey, this is a priority for us, you yeah. know? And, uh, and, and I, I love how that, that translates. What, what would you say, what advice would you give to uh, any dads that are watching out there just about being a dad and having a career and, um, you know, because you, you, you are successful. I mean, you've got yeah. a great career. I mean, well, how do you, what would you say to dads who are kind of trying to manage both those worlds? Um, uh, something I always tell myself is, uh, I, I repeat in my own mind, calm, calm, mm. calm, be calm, be calm down. You know, there's so many stressors. Your kids are over here and they want this. Daddy, come see this. Dad, come see this, this, yeah. that, that. Then you're driving on the road and there's people cutting in and out and some people are racing by and some person's a slow in front of you and there's, there's a million reasons to get upset at home, on the road, at work. There's demands being placed on it, but there's so many different influences that can really rile us up and stress us out. And I, we always have to remind ourselves to be calm. And mm. I think in, as a dad, this is a big thing because we tend to, when we get riled up, yeah. you know, yeah. and I do too. And yeah. I hate it and it makes me feel terrible, yeah. but I'm barking at my kids when well, my sweet boy mm. just wants to show me something. Like he set up his trucks in order of F-150 to F-250. To <laughs> That's the it. thing he's into. But, you know, yeah. whatever it is with yeah. your kids... They're not trying to interrupt you. They're no. not trying to annoy you. No. They just want to tell you some sweet thing and they want your attention. Mm. So don't let everything else get in the way. We have to remind ourselves to be calm mm. as dads. Because if we're just calm, if we're just calm, then I think so many other things will fall into place. If we're calm on the road, we're not cutting people off. We're not yelling at people. Yeah. If we're calm at work, we're not responding and being curt with people, you know, or being short with people. Or, mm. And, and, and there's a respect that grows for you, not only in the household, but 
in the workplace. So that's something I've always had to remind myself of is be mm. calm, calm down. Man, that is a great word. You know, I heard somebody once say, uh, a leader is the one who's the calmest in the room. Yeah. And, and, and I, I always awesome. thought that always sticks with me because I think when a crisis comes, you know, a lot of people panic and they get crazy, but it's that leader who's calm. And as the dad, you're the spiritual leader of your home, you know? And if you want to set the temperature in there, you know, or at yeah. work, you want to set the temperature, you, you've got to be calm in your heart and your spirit. You got to know God's in control and that God's using you. And I want to rest in that. That is I mean, awesome. That is a great word, though. I mean, I'm sure coming from a news broadcaster, you have to be calm because be there's calm. some situations you're in. hundred things like, that could go wrong. Oh, yeah. And I try to consider, you know, like a, a situation like that, I, I think that's part of a personality trait, too. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of like to think that I'm calm in situations, but, but yeah, certainly when there's a lot of stressors on, uh, it's easy for any dad, I don't care who you are, right. to just lose your mind and pop off on something. Oh. Don't do it. I mean, don't. not only in don't. today's climate can it be dangerous, yeah. um, you know, to, to pop off to the wrong person, but it can be damaging for your yeah. family mm. and for your workplace. So yeah. we all need to be reminded of that. Just yeah. be calm. Yeah. Ooh. That's a great word. That's cool. Man. Uh, Thank you. Hey, so talking about that, just that leadership, you know, we're talking right now uh, in men's leadership about godly leadership. What have, what have you seen, whether it's career or family, uh, of characteristics of a godly leader? What do you think about that? Uh, the, uh, I think the ability to listen uh, mm. is huge. And we talked about this a minute ago, but um, we're all so quick to give our opinion and mm. to, to, to run over people with all of our thoughts and opinions on things and to be the know-it-all guy in the room. But again, we go back to the calmness. Mm. The leader in the room is the guy who's calm and maybe not running his mouth so much. Mm. You know, I always heard uh, when you're you know, you're in grade school or something like that, and you're, there's a group of guys like confronting you or whatever. You always watch out for the calm guy, because it's the loudmouth guy who's yeah. usually you don't have to worry about him. But it's the calm guy, the big guy standing back there, like he's the one that's got it together and that's under control. But I think in the same way, as far as leadership is concerned, is uh, um, oh, I'll say something I thought about on the way over. I was considering this question. I think about, and this is kind of taking a 180 here, but I was thinking about UCLA legendary coach John Wooden, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing from him, and this was the number one quote I've ever thought of on leadership. He said, how to get what you want out of players. He was addressing this. He's like, you don't try to correct the player and say, you're doing this wrong because that's not how you lead. That's not, he's like, you tell a player what they're doing right. And so I think about, and that's how he coached. Like he has wow. a guy that nails three-pointers but is a terrible dribbler. Shoot the outside shot. Pop it out to him. He doesn't tell him, don't dribble inside. You're no good at that because he breaks the guy down and he needs this confidence from the outside. So he tells him, you're the perimeter shooter. This is what you're doing. And he works out his game plan with his strengths and he puts the guys where they're best set up to do it. And that's the epitome of a good leader oh, yeah. is not trying to force someone and twist them and coerce them to be something they're not, but to take advantage of their strengths and put them in the right to position to thrive and mm. to build them up mm. instead of rip them down. Yeah. Because any tyrant can rule any country we've seen throughout history, oh, yeah. but eventually the tyrant, whether it's in the household or whether it's the leader of a country or bureaucrats or whatever, there's going to be a coup. Mm -hmm. One day that is going to happen mm -hmm. because you can't lead with it, be a tyrant over everyone. And maybe that as a parent, maybe the coup comes when the kids are 18 and they're uh, like, I'm gone, dad. Yeah. Sorry. Peace like, out. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. You've been hard on me all yeah. these years. Yeah. And that's not what I want. No. You know, uh -huh. I want my kids.
kids to always come back and feel yes. this safe space and to get encouraged and me to tell them what their strengths are. Yeah. Not trying to, and I do that all the time. I mean, I'm still trying to, my kids like, you could do this better and you could yeah. do this better. And I'm like, yeah. easy, Chris. Easy. Yeah. Like, let's, let's focus on the strengths. Mm. So maybe that, that was a quote always oh. from John Wooden from UCLA. That was just like, yeah. always remember that. I'm writing that one down. It's a good I mean, one. Like, That's yeah. a good yeah. one. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I think about that in the, in the office, but I think about that at home, you know, and are, are we nitpicking our people to death or are we looking at their strengths and yeah. making them better? Gosh, yeah. yeah. So, and that's a confident leader though. And I think sometimes guys break people down because they want to feel better about themselves, yeah. right? And then they get intimidated like if somebody's going to be better than them and you're yep. like, oh no, no, no. I want, to, I want to build them up. I want people around me who are better than me, you know? It's so hard. Yeah, that it is, is so hard. so counterintuitive and counter-American. Counter-American, you know? exactly. Like we're all like, let's get to the top. And yeah. Let's, you know? Yes. And, 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 and that's okay, you know? There's a kind of a, like a, a survival mentality yeah. there. But, but also, you don't want to be that guy. No. Uh-uh. You know, because there's no. not going to be respect for you mm. in the end. You mm. know, maybe you would have reached this position, but if everybody around you doesn't respect you and doesn't want to be around you, that's not who I want to be. No, and yeah. that's lonely at the top right. to that point. Yeah, it's not worth it. Hey, Chris, one question. What do you want your legacy to be? Man, I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I knew this question was coming. <laughs> this is the hardest one. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. Uh, I look at my own upbringing, and I think paramount for me, always, even when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm going to be a dad, and, and this was my destiny, mm. was to be a father and to be the best father I possibly can. Mm. Um, so that's it. And, and, and that's not all. Right. Like, I want my legacy to be way more than that, mm. but the first answer is that, mm. to be the best father I possibly can and to have, like we just said, my kids always come back and yeah. this is the safe haven. No matter what you're into, no matter what you do, no matter what your career is, no matter mm. what choices you've made in life, it's the prodigal son, mm. you know, always you're welcome here. Always we're going to kill the fat calf, man, <laughs> for you because you're yeah. home and I always want that to be mm. our house. Mm. And so... Man, I'm, all this stuff I'm talking about, I'm working on. This yeah. is not oh, yeah. what I do. <laughs> We're is, all a work in progress. Yeah, this honest. is, like, yeah. this is the, the way I'd like it to be. So yeah. that's what I want. And, uh, and the other thing is um, life I've always looked at is, is because my mom always said those things. Like mm. it's not a suspect. I've always looked at life as a gift and life is to be absolutely lived mm. and every ounce squeezed out of mm. it. And so I want every single moment to squeeze every bit of life out of it. And, and that is in any number of ways, mm-hmm. uh, but every moment, and that's relationships and that's experiences and that's mission trips mm-hmm. yes. that open your mind to something yeah. you've never seen and yeah. will completely adjust your perspective on your life back here. Yeah. And, and that's part of something that I, that I see an article in a magazine or a picture in a magazine. I don't look at it and go like, oh, man, that place is beautiful. Like, I'm going, I'm going there, <laughs> whatever it takes, and I'll find a way to get there. <laughs> so, uh, and it's, you know, not just lavish vacations yeah. places, but it's just like, I feel like you can really do what your parents always told you. You can mm-hmm. do whatever you want in life. Yes. You, you just, you have to go after it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't even mean, again, I don't mean financially. Right. I mean, just just go and just live it. Mm-hmm. Just get it. Mm. Go get it. 
I love it. I love it. This has been great, man. Thanks, man. Oh, I really appreciate it. I love it. being on here. This is so cool. <laughs> thank you. What an honor. Thank you. So, <laughs> hey, I'm going to pray for us, guys. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for today, God. And God, let us be men who live it, Father. Just like Chris was saying, let us, God, be passionate about the things that you have put around us. God, let us be godly husbands and fathers and men after your heart. And let us be who you created us to be and not live our lives trying to compare ourselves to other people or anything. Father, let us just be confident in who you created us to be and to be calm and be men of peace and men of passion. And so, Lord, thanks for Chris. Thanks for this time. And God bless every man who's watching today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today and uh, be sure and watch. We have this man minute that comes out every Friday. It's just incredible wisdom there to live our lives and then be watching next month for our next podcast. But love serving God with you guys. And Chris, thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate oh, you, brother. You're the boss. So, <laughs> <laughs> Blessings on you guys. Have a great day.